DW. Researchers observed footage from hidden cameras in the central mountainous region in China over the past 10 years and found that while pandas are thriving, there's been a decline in other species in the same ecosystem. Leopards, snow leopards, wolves and the Asian wild dog have retreated from these areas. In short, what works for the panda doesn't necessarily appear to benefit other species. Jason Gilchrist is an ecologist and a lecturer at Edinburgh Napier University in Scotland, and he's written an article about how this revelation can help guide future efforts to rescue species from extinction and restore biodiversity. We spoke earlier, and I started off by asking him whether the investment in the panda has been worth it. Obviously, I don't want any um, species on planet Earth to, to go extinct. I would, I would like us to be able to conserve the diversity that we have and the ecosystems as, as healthily as we can do going forwards. But the reality, and that's reflected in uh, recent international reports, indicate that conservation and our management of the planet's resources is not working in terms of the way that it's going. And so the paper on the giant panda um, by Sheng et al. is a helpful paper because it helps us to step back and consider how we can most effectively conserve not simply individual species, but actually try to conserve a multitude of species within ecosystems. If the goal is to nurture environments that support lots of different species, what should we be focusing on? I think there's a shift in terms of the way in which conservation biology works, and we've seen that um, occurring over the last 20 to 30 years, okay? But it's gaining momentum. So we're moving from a, what's called a single species conservation approach. So that's the likes of putting lots of resources into a flagship species like the panda or like um, tigers, for example. And nowadays, conservation is more orientated towards an ecosystem approach or landscape conservation. So the logic there is that you're not focusing your attention and your resources and your efforts on a single component of the ecosystem, but the emphasis is on trying to maintain ecosystem integrity. So ensuring that that ecosystem continues to function as productively and and naturally as it can do. Right. But is it not accurate to say that some species are actually more important than others when it comes to maintaining these healthy ecosystems? It is, yeah. To to take an extreme, so the panda is what's known as a flagship species because everybody knows what a panda is. Everybody's heard about and knows about pandas and has a search image for them and tends to care about them. Um, The flip side is we can look at something like the humble earthworm. There's lots of species of earthworm out there, which to start with most people don't really appreciate. And earthworms, you don't you don't see global conservation actions um, concerned with earthworms. You don't see posters and internet campaigns to conserve the earthworm. Um, but but earthworms are absolutely crucial. They're they're what's called ecosystem engineers, and that they play a vital role in facilitating and maintaining the health of soil ecosystems. And soil is the basis of all terrestrial life on planet Earth. The plants and therefore the habitats are dependent upon soil, and the animals that depend upon those plants and habitats are ultimately dependent on the soil. And healthy soil is dependent upon earthworms. So earthworm is a great example of what ecologists call a keystone species. And a keystone species is one whose presence and health within an ecosystem is absolutely vital for the other species to continue to be sustainable within that ecosystem. 
You've also written before about how efforts to resurrect the northern white rhino using very complex assisted reproductive technology are pointless and a distraction. Why is that your view? For me, it's about resources. I don't wish the northern white rhino extinct, but if I look at where we are um, and what's reasonable to achieve to try to maximise our use of limited conservation resources, I would put the focus on the southern white rhino, which is still with us, rather than trying to bring back something which we failed um, to save in the first place. We need to address the issues that are leading to endangerment um, of wild animals in the wild. We tend to respond um, historically when things are arguably too late. What about zoos and captive breeding programs? Are these viable solutions to species protection? So zoos can and do play an important role with regards to um, at least providing a safety blanket for endangered species if we um, struggle um, to conserve them effectively in the wild. But to me, that, that is only acceptable if there is a reasonable probability that those um, populations can be reintroduced to the wild if they go extinct in the wild. Otherwise, if we're just um, conserving species in order to keep them in zoos for in perpetuity, then then I'm as an ecologist, I'm not sure what the point of, of conservation and captive breeding is. Right. I suppose if an animal is in a zoo, then it can't really be contributing to the ecosystem. Not directly. Um, so they, they can indirectly if, uh, if individuals are subsequently released into wild populations. But that's, for me, that's the key. Yeah. And the, there are issues in that, generally speaking, we find... So populations of um, species that are captive bred over generations in captivity, they tend to, to lose um, the behavioural and physiological adaptations to life in the wild. It's really important that wild animal populations are experiencing the selection pressures that they would in the natural environment. Otherwise, what zoos ultimately will do is produce um, domesticated wild animals that aren't fit for release into the wild. So it's another consideration, which good um, captive breeding projects and zoos absolutely do take into consideration. Jason Gilchrist, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. DW. 